Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. I am so excited today to be joined by my longtime, decade-old friend, <laughs> decades-old friend. That just means we're older. Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> uh, Mike Hauser is with us today. Mike, welcome to the L3 Podcast. It is awesome to be here. Thanks for having me and been looking forward to this day. Yeah, me too. It's awesome. Mike, uh, for those who know you, I think most people do, but if they don't, take a few moments, share a little bit about sure. what's brought you to this point, your ministry history, and where you currently serve. Yeah, I, I uh, first of all, I'm from Dayton, Ohio, so I am a Big passionate uh, Buckeye fan. But, uh, I, I want you to look at my Spartan helmet over there. I had to, I had to work there. that in. Yeah, I had to yeah, work I, that in. <laughs> yeah, well, now everybody's going to turn off the podcast. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so forgive me for that. But no, we uh, went to Bible college down in uh, Springfield, Missouri, CBC. Yeah. Met my wife at Evangel. And then uh, we were youth pastors in Collinsville, Illinois, okay, yeah. uh, St. Charles, Missouri. Yeah. Trinity Assembly in Mount Morris. And now been at Holland First. I can't believe it, but December uh, we will celebrate our 17th year. Wow, of that being is at, amazing. Being at Holland First. And that's going to be important to our story of 17 years that yep. you're still standing there. Yep. I will say to all of the ministers, uh, Mike has mentioned the Buckeyes and CBC right off the bat. Two, <laughs> two sore spots that uh, <laughs> right. we'll just move on. All right, well, so, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh, so, Mike, uh, our subject today is restoring hope to a defeated church. And um, if if I can have the liberty, I'll, I just want to share. There are churches pastors walk into that are um, have been a slow decline for a while. And they're not healthy and they're not accomplishing their vision, but, but they're just kind of asleep. Mm -hmm. There are churches that, um, had gone through booms and, and had, a uh, something happened that, um, uh, just wiped out the morale of the church. It's not that the church is in trouble. It's just the morale is low. Right. And then there are churches like what you walked into. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'll just share uh, from my perspective, you walked into a church that had a, a pastor removed for ethical, uh, failures. You had a church that was an absolute financial ruin, a fairly, and I'd say not fairly, a good sized building with a mortgage, right. with defeated people who many who had left, lack of trust in the pastor, lack of confidence in the future. Um, you walked into a situation that's about as bad as it could possibly get. And first of all, thank you for being willing. Um, there's a lot of pastors who want the perfect scenario to walk into, and you had had successful ministry for years. To walk into that uh, was a risk, but it was God's right. risk, and Definitely. you you knew that. And so yeah. when, when you walked in and inherited that— um, it wasn't just one problem to fix. It was a, in fact, your whole list was a pro list of problems to fix. 100%. And it was your first lead pastorate. Definitely. And so yeah. you're a lead pastor. you got a young family. Uh, you're stepping out of a very secure church that you had been at for a while that had provided good income, good salaries. You move your family. You walk into chaos. And it all just went perfect and was easy, right? <laughs> you make it sound great. But yeah, yeah. When you were talking about the past. I started... Uh, Kind of breaking out in cold sweat a little <laughs> I'm bit. Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. 17 years. You're, you're yes, moving beyond it. 17. So, Mike, I, I think it's important to have this discussion because there are pastors. First of all, we have open churches that are in similar situations. Maybe not the same story, but similar. Right. We have pastors and churches that are very discouraged right now and are in the midst of rebuilding something from, from defeated to hopeful and healthy. And, and I think 
I think we need to talk about that. I think mm-hmm. churches can be recalibrated, and I think churches sure. need pastors who are heroes enough to say that. And so when you arrive, what was the feel or what is the feel and reality of a church like the one you pastor, Holland, where uh, hope had been lost, mm-hmm. uh, you're in survival mode. Talk to me, you show up, what's it feel like? I can tell you when I first started there, you don't really know what you're getting yourself into until you get there. You get facts, but it's not the same. Exactly. Yeah, right, so right. I remember talking to a good friend of mine who I actually work for. He wanted to see the the finances. Yeah. And he literally told me, he said, Mike, I'd be scared if you went there. He <laughs> said, I'd be very concerned for you. Um, but as he began to say that, I could tell he was trying to protect me. Right. But I felt the Lord telling me, don't say no to something I'm saying yes to. Mm. Um, but until I actually got in there the first day and started sensing how the infrastructure was gone. Yeah. Um, like you said, I had been at three churches where I never had to worry about a paycheck. I, I, lo- I had 15 years of uh, what I feel were incredible youth ministry. Yeah. Loved every bit of it. But I knew God was launching me into a lead pastor position, but this wasn't really what I anticipated. <laughs> right, right. It wasn't right. what I anticipated at all. But um, when I first got there, I will say this. My first day, I'll never forget it. What we were doing was took us nine months to sell our house in Flushing, which is a suburb of Flint. Right. And I would make my track over on Tuesday morning to Holland. Yeah. And so Monday was a day that I'd be with my family and I'd leave Tuesday morning. My first day in the office, I get there, and it's a Tuesday, and my bookkeeper, her name was Brenda, mm-hmm. and um, she saw me at the door. She let me in. She said, hey, Pastor Mike, it's great to have you. We're so excited to have you here. And I had my Speed the Light backpack on. Yeah. Never forget it. Not making it up, but I had it on. And she said, I don't know quite how to tell you this. <laughs> and I knew what was coming on the other end wasn't good, but I didn't know what she was going to say. Right. And so I said, what's going on? And she said, well, we just got a call from the bank. The day I started, they want to start liquidating our assets. (laughs) That's encouraging. Yeah. And so I remember saying, can I go put my bag in my office and (laughs) then we'll come down and talk and then uh, I'll make this real quick. But I actually got a hold of the banker. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing at all. God led me. I just told him, I said, hey, let's go out to lunch. Took him out to lunch. And I said, you got to give me some time. I'm just getting here. I said, the last thing you want is an empty building. He said, you're right. And I said, so you've got to give me time. And so I began to talk to him. When I got done talking to him, I thought, where did I learn that? I thought (laughs) I didn't learn it. It was God helping me, but we, you know, did some interest only things to get some cash on hand and so forth. And then that began a journey. Yeah. And, and so you walk in and you're in immediate first day bomb drops. Yeah. Yeah, Crisis. (laughs) And, and that was just the first day of many days of crisis. And, and you've, you've got a vision that you think God wants you to accomplish as a pastor. Right. And, it, and you, so you've got hope for something that constantly was being beat by reality. Yep. And your time. church doesn't have hope. Yep. In fact, they have skepticism, lack of trust, and a whole lot of issues. Yeah. How, what does it require? Like, talk to me, talk to us about the hope that a pastor has to have within them when others don't have it? And how do you sustain that when, I mean, there had to be days where you sat there and thought, I made a mistake. I, this can't be good. Oh, definitely. So, so how to talk to us. So if a pastor is listening and they're in that spot, what does it require? How did you do that in that season? I can first of all say it was definitely, um, God in me, but yeah. it was also the power of a praying wife. Mm, yeah. Um, 
I can literally tell you when I got there and that began to happen, um, we didn't have what I would call staff. I had a bookkeeper, a part-time administrative assistant, and um, a guy who did custodial. So came in there, tried to get my bearings, tried to feel, you know, what we did have, what we didn't have. Um, And the thing about our people was it wasn't that they were necessarily skeptical. I think they were hopeful. Yeah. Um, and truly, I think they were just happy they had a pastor again, right, right, because right. there was about, you know, we had an interim uh, pastor who did a wonderful right. job, yeah. uh, Pastor Greg Sweeney from Grand Rapids First, yeah. um, but they never had a full-time pastor there for about right. three years. Was it that long? Uh, yeah, wow. yeah okay. it was about almost three years, and so I think they were excited okay. that somebody said yes, um, but then when you realize, uh, when you get in there and you realize you have a a hundred people or less, and that's on a good Sunday. Right. And I'll say this real quick, because I think it, I still remember it every day. But there was a young, there was a lady in my last church yeah. who worked in custodial. Well, my first Sunday when Otis Buchan was there to install me mm-hmm. and so forth, I'll never forget it. We were after the service is done. She was one of those ladies that would just tell it like it is. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, there's no filter. Right. And she came up to me and she said, Pastor Mike, she said, I'm concerned for you. And I said, what? And she goes, or why? And I go, and she looked at me and she said, well, you know, Pastor Mike, there's more of us here than you have in your own church. Meaning right. the people that came <clears throat> over from Trinity to right. watch me get installed. And when she did that, I went to uh, literally, I mean, I, I don't, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast, <laughs> but it put me into a, a dark place. Yeah, it really sure. did. Because I remember I even got a hold of, uh, uh, Several people yeah. I called Doug Clay, yeah, and then um, also got a hold of Brother Leach. And yeah. I said, Hey, can I come over and see you? And he goes, Well, I've got a funeral tonight, but yeah. uh, he goes, I can give you, I can give you one hour if you yeah. get here. I was in my car yeah. <laughs> and I was heading off to Farmington Hills, right. but yeah, I think the thing of it is, you've got to know that you're called, right? You got to know that God called you there, right? And um, I had confirmations. I mean, Pastor David Christ, yeah. one of my heroes in life. Yeah, he was the third pastor of Holland First, right? And so I remember when he told me when I told him about it, he said, "Mike, you're to go there and and see what God has. Try out and see what the Lord does." Right. So those kind of things, people speaking into my life. I I had to know that I was called. I remember literally times when I would call my wife at the office from the office and say, you need to come get me. Yeah. And she would drive over and we literally would just drive throughout Holland. She'd put the, this was back like six, like I said, 16 years ago, she put a CD in of the word right, and just had the word playing and she'd be literally praying in the spirit over me as we just would drive around Holland. I get goosebumps talking about it because that's honestly what saved me Yeah. because I, I wanted to throw in the towel. I I thought, you know, I was going to come in here and it was going to be great. Um, but I didn't realize the undertaking of really what it was. But, um, I think the answer to your question is just, you know, you have to know that you're called to that place. It's going to take time. Yeah. You're not going to turn it, turn it around. It's not a overnight. microwave situation. It is definitely yeah. not. It's a marathon, not yeah. a sprint. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you have those, those moments of doubt and, and for our pastors who are doing that, I think what Mike said is so brilliant, you know, and it's the thing I hear a lot of times when, when pastors call me, Mike, and they say, I think I'm, I think I'm done at my church. Mm-hmm. I ask them, um, are you, then they say, I want to talk about leaving. And I say, are you done or are you not? Right. <laughs> and they say, well, I think so. I said, I need to know mm-hmm. because you either have a stay in conversations or a going conversations, exactly. but it's got to be based on has God released you. Exactly. And I think sometimes we get consumed by the issue, but if God hasn't released you, what I hear you saying 
in addition to what you've said is you have to trust that if God hasn't released you, then he's got you. That's right. And yeah. uh, that's the hope you're Even when in. you don't see it. Yeah. It's his church. And, <laughs> right. and you know, somebody taught me to pray. It's your church. you got a problem in it. What are you going to do about it? How can I help? It? You know, <laughs> right. that kind of mentality. So, yep. so as you're going through this and you're walking through those days when you need to get in a car and drive around the city and read the mm. Bible, listen to the Bible and pray. Uh, something hit me as we were preparing for this. I, I thought to myself, you know, we talk a lot about the negative things that happen in this, but what are some advantages yeah. uh, that you as a pastor now see at year 17 that came because of that difficulty? I think we need to realize every season has an opportunity for something good. So Definitely. as you look back now on this side of it, and your church, if you don't know, their church is doing great, growing, thriving. God is doing great things. Multiple staff. The building is He's just, Mike, you've done a phenomenal job, you and Amy. But looking back, what are those things that you say, you know what, that turned out to be... Yeah. Something that helped me down yeah. the road. Talk us to talk to us. Yeah, I think the 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 best thing that I could say to it was the first church that I served at as a youth pastor in Illinois. I'll just say Illinois yeah. was a great church, but the pastor there had gotten close to a deacon, okay. and there was an opportunity to build um, a new property. Yeah. But instead of going through all the board, going through it the proper way, he kind of they were just the two behind it. Yeah. And, um, it just, it backfired. Yeah. And I remember he was voted on and, uh, he got a 51 to 49 vote. Ooh. And I remember me and my music pastor were back in the back and we're like, we're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I just knew it was unstable and, right. and we did leave and he was right. gone within yeah. six months and I'm going somewhere with us cause the, that happened. And then I went to another church in Missouri. Yeah. Things were going great. And, um, but the pastor there, uh, unfortunately he embezzled. Mm. And I remember the the deacons telling us to they wanted us to stay, and then uh, Rick Pasquale mm-hmm. um, from from Michigan he's gone to, uh, home to be with the Lord. Yeah. But I got a call from Ron Heitman, yeah. uh, the DYD at the time of Illinois, because even though I was in Missouri, I was still doing a lot of the Illinois camps sure. and so forth. Because I love Carlinville. Right. Um, but anyhow, he said, "Hey, there's uh, Rick Pasquale's coming down uh, through your area to do a big speed of light thing in, in Kansas. Would you have him? Yeah. And I said, well, sure. I mean, I'm not going to tell my DYD no. no right. So I said, I'm yeah. going to have you. So we had him. And when we got done, Rick looked at me. We went out to eat with my wife and just him. And he said, I can count on my hand five times, usually a year, where I know that I'm there for more than just what I did. And he said, I feel like I'm here for you. Awesome. And I said, well, what does that mean? He goes, I'd love for you to come to Michigan. Well, first of all, I started thinking, okay, I've been in Illinois and Missouri, but I kind of want to go home. I'm a Buckeye. (laughs) And here's the truth, though. I wasn't planning on leaving where I was at, but I knew that he was strategic with being there. And so and here's my story with that. We went to Trinity. We were there nine years yeah. under Pastor Chris. I got a funny story. Pastor yeah. Jim Wiegand yeah. at Freedom. We were in we were in Michigan trying out at yeah. Trinity. I received a call from Pastor Jim. Yeah. He was new at the time. Well, lead pastoring at right. the Freedom Center. And he said, hey, I got your resume. I'd like for you to possibly uh, meet with me. And I said, well, I'm in Ohio or Michigan right now. I'm meeting with Pastor David Christ. And right. he goes, oh, forget about it. You stay where you're at. You go right there. And I'm like, well, are you trying to not want me to come? He said, no, you need to learn from this man. Yeah. I'll never forget. You need to learn from this man. He goes, I'm just getting started. This yeah. man has a wealth of experience. And here's the thing, Pastor Aaron. I went from those two churches in Illinois and Missouri and I'm glad I went through those things because sure. sometimes you learn 
what not to do right, as much right. as you learn what to do. Yeah. But I got to have those two challenges, but got to come to Trinity and yeah. got to see how it's done right. Right. And then I followed, I came into a situation here where there had been an embezzlement. Right. But God was directing all those steps. And it just goes to show that what the devil meant for evil, God can turn it around for yeah, good. Right. And some people might not see the correlation there, but boy, I totally see the yeah, correlation absolutely. that I knew God had called me there because he was already training me right. throughout all the places I had been before. Right. And then, so when you come in with that history that God has prepared you and the church is in chaos mm -hmm. and it starts to become healthy, which we'll talk about in just a moment, what are some sure. of the signs you can tell the church is turning sure. around? But I think, Mike, one of the greatest benefits is you then become the Pastor Christ yeah. over time. I think when a church goes through a crisis and the pastor who comes in in the difficult time is there through the difficult to the getting better, to the getting good, to the really good, right, right. you sort of become the legend. Not that that's the goal. That's no. not the thing. But you become the one who walk. You become the, the pastor, the trusted friend, the... The one who walked us from here to there. Yeah, it's a, a different thing. kind of love. Yeah. And I, so I, I just want to encourage pastors when you're in these seasons, these are also the bedrock moments where you can build a foundation 100%. that now in year 17, people trust and respect you. And they remember Yeah, he came when he didn't need to, right. when he could have gone somewhere else and God has been faithful. And I think that's a beautiful trust factor yeah. based on the history of what God walked you through. Yeah. What are some signs as you were going through this and things were changing? What are some signs that maybe a pastor could notice or you started to notice that you're gaining traction? You're heading in a, sure. in a healthier way. Just early signs that you went, oh, that's a good sign. Oh, that's yeah. a good sign. Yeah. I yeah. remember when we first got started, I asked how many missionaries we supported. Okay. And we supported one. Oh, wow. Okay. And I remember saying to my board, that's got to change. Yeah, right. And I remember all my board saying, well how are we going to change it? We don't have the money to change it. Right. And so I said, you know what, we're going to step out in faith. We're not going to be crazy, right. but I'd like to see us take on a new missionary monthly. Right. And so at the time we only had, like I said, one, but when we started stepping out into the church and started, I, I did a whole series on my core values, had yeah. eight core values, a vision statement, mission statement. Yeah. And they started buying into that and they knew I was there right. because I, and I'll say this kind of tag off of this. I remember when I was kind of debating, do I stay? Do I stay? My father, who I love dearly, yeah. he's a retired pastor. He said, Mike, don't do nothing for a year. Just pour out your heart there for a year yeah. and see what God has. And I'm glad I listened to him. Yeah. Some of my friends, it's kind of like Job, you know, the friends meant well, but they didn't give that good advice. <laughs> That's true. You know, and That's so true. some of them were trying to help me get out of there. Yeah. Um, but my dad said, Mike, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. It's This is going to be a marathon. Yeah. Take a year at a time. And a year became five, five right. became 10. And now it's yeah. almost become 17. Yeah. But there's, you know, it's not just having longevity for longevity's sake. Right. It's, it's having, it's, it's seeing fruitful labor in that longevity. And yeah. then you get to reap the rewards of it. But our right. missions giving now we support over 60 missionaries. Right. Um, when I got there, the church, um, Oh, 3.2 million. Right. Um, and now we're, between about a little over four years yeah. from paying it off. That's amazing. And my goal is, I've already talked to Pastor Cal Garcia because yeah. he was one of the former pastors. He was there during uh, the good season. Yeah, the yeah. good season. Yeah. He's one of my heroes. Yeah. And um, 
back, we actually took him out to eat. And he said, you guys need to go there because I know yeah. you can do it. Um, but we're actually going to have him come back. Wonderful. Uh, and be a part of the burning, Sarah, uh, you know, the debt. Uh, not burning, burning the building. No, burning, not burning the, the building. They're burning no. the mortgage. There's yeah, been yeah. times I wanted to. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Sure, I'm sure. But, um, but no, we're, we're soon to be debt free. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the, some of those signs are you start to see that, you're able to not just have volunteer staff. I was able to start making some hires, Correct. youth pastor and yep. children's pastors. So we were able to start filling those needs and we had the resources to be able to do it. But like I said, our missions efforts was, I, I will say this to every pastor out there, when you give to missions, and I know this sounds like cliche and hyperbole, right. all these things, but when you give to missions, it's God's heart. When he sees you doing that, we always had the resources. Right. And it was cool because the, the deacons will look back and even say, you know, we trusted you as our pastor, right. and we're glad we trusted you because, you know, it works. It, we're there. It, it, and we're there. Yeah. And the same thing when we hired our first youth pastor, I said, on paper, this is going to be tough. Right. But they said, well, he, he did it here. Let's try it. And right. it, with every move we've made, Pastor Aaron, yeah. it's been God has been there, and he's met us there, and yeah. he's helped us. We're now I've got a full staff. And yeah. it's, uh, in fact, you know, some people would say, okay, you've been there that long. Are you looking to leave? Well, I know this, if God were to call me out, I'll right. go wherever he wants me to go. Absolutely. But now I'm kind of enjoying, yeah. you know, what is happening. And I've always told God, I said, God, if, if it's your will, let me be there yeah. to see the church paid off. That if you were to move me on, yeah. that, that a new pastor could come in there without with a any, different start with any debt yeah with a brand new start and so that's kind of my goal that's, that's awesome. kind of my goal and yeah. mike you've done a great job and i we don't have time on this podcast to go sure. through it all but i'll tell you i know the story well uh there were some very difficult moments where mike and the board and the people at the church made decisions that didn't seem logical right um Definitely. but they felt from god this was what it was supposed to be some significant ones that yeah could have even brought some healing and some restoration in other areas, but were the right move and God poured out his blessing. So good signs of, of, of rebounding is when people start catching the vision, start catching the core values, energy level goes up, missions giving starts to go. Mm -hmm. um, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but you know, I want to encourage you pastors listening to this rebounding a church, recalibrating a church is not a straight trajectory mm -hmm. from negative to up. There's curves. Yes. You go up and down Definitely. and I'm, I'm assuming you experience, you know, yeah. you have growth and then you lose 20 and then you grow by, you know, and, and so just know the story that Mike is telling of Holland was not just day one was terrible and it just was smooth up to now. Mm -hmm. It was up and down <laughs> and it is for everybody. And so sure. as you're going through those trajectories up and down, what does a lead pastor need to remind themselves? Uh, as you walk through the journey, like what do you, what's your internal dialogue to yourself? Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself during those times, cause you're exactly right. We, at first it took three years for me just to get my bearings. Right. I mean, literally three to four years. And so once I started being able to start hiring staff and so forth, we would, we would see growth. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, you know, it kind of level off. So, but the, the story of that I love is, is the story of Jethro mm -hmm. and Moses yeah. where, Jethro sees his, his, uh, his son-in-law doing everything. And he's like, what you're doing. I mean, I know your heart, what you're doing is not good. You're going to burn out. Right. And that's kind of what I was doing. I remember early on, I was uh, putting in 12, 15 hour days. Yeah. I, I literally would go to work before the kids were up. I would stay until the kids were in bed. And I remember yeah. my wife came to me and said, well, one of your kids came and said, I never see dad anymore. No. And so what was happening was, and I didn't realize this, Pastor Aaron, yeah. but, and I never would have thought of it like this, but 
I had I had some pride I was dealing with. Sure, that I, it was like the church depended upon me. Yeah, and the church I got to make it happen exactly. Yeah. And the church never depended upon right. me. And when when I realized that that yes, like you said earlier. God wants to see the church succeed more than you do. I don't know how many conversations I have that I'd say, then God let it succeed then. <laughs> right. You know, if you really do if it, it. <laughs> if it's your church, then do it. But yeah. he works through people. But um yeah. but anyhow, again, it was knowing that God had called me there. And I also share a really a really cool story because yeah. I'm big into stories because they tend to connect uh, real well with people. Yeah. But I remember on one Sunday we had a missionary, and I can say who they are. It's yeah. Gary and Jan Dickinson. Yeah, oh, love, I love them. Love them. Yeah. And uh, they used to be at Trinity yeah. and so forth. But um, she, they both came and spoke, and it was about a year into me being there. And I thought I had a smile on my face. I thought things were growing great. And she looks at me out in the Northex. She made sure that there was not a lot of people around. She goes, you're not liking it here. <laughs> and I looked at her like, whoa. And I was like, I said, is it that noticeable? And she said, no, God just gave me discernment. You're miserable. Yeah. And I just started to pour out my heart with her. She looked at me and she said, Mike, things are going to turn around. You know that you're called here. God has shown you that he's called you yeah. here. Stay at it. And here's exactly what she said, Pastor Aaron. She said, you're not only going to love it here, yeah. you're going to be here for a long time. Cool. Awesome. And then several years later, they came in to do our missions convention. And I remember looking at her at the time. I think I said, well, I've been here 10 years now. Yeah. She's like, I told you. I told you. But I, I hope that answers your question. You know, I just, um, you know, I know that. Uh, I had to just stay at it. I couldn't go by what I was seeing. I had right. to go by knowing that uh, God wants it to succeed. It's going to take time. Yeah. And seriously, I'll just be frank with you. I look back sometimes and I think, God, you blessed me to spite myself. You know what <laughs> right, I'm saying? Right. Because I, I went through two yeah. uh, two rounds. And again, I know we don't have a long time yeah. for this, but I went through two battles of depression. Sure. When I first got there, and then about seven years in, yeah. we're getting ready to go to double services. Things were going great, but I hit a wall. Yeah, I absolutely just hit a wall because I was relying too much on me. And, and you and had seven years of God. trauma exactly. to get there. And then you get there and success up. is not always the friend of a no, pastor. No, that That's one of the things I'm going to hit on that. And, and we'll, in the final few moments here, but sure. I, I think what you just said is absolutely hugely important to understand that we think, Oh, when we get to success, I won't have the same emotional struggles. No, no <laughs> stress is stress. Exactly. Rather you're succeeding or not. And yep. This is really huge for pastors who are coming, bringing churches out of struggle. You think if I just get to this point, it'll be good. Right. Then you get to that point, And if you are not resolved yep. and healthy, it will catch you no matter what. And I, I think that's something no one ever talks about. And yep. so that was huge. What you just said, uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, and it helped me think about how to help pastors Sure, is we think, oh, they're doing well. Things are going well. They're good. Right. And we have to realize things are going well, things are going well, but look out, you have to still be careful. Yep. So that internal dialogue is I'm called, it's God's church. I know God's got a plan. It's not my plan. I've got to do what he wants me to do and just keep going at it. Right. Mike, you have done an outstanding job and I've, I've been at your that. church, preach at your church. Of course, we're friends, but beyond that, um, you just done a great job. And I Thank really you. appreciate you sharing your story, sharing your heart. Um, 32nd, uh, what would you want to tell a pastor who's walking this journey right now? I would say the biggest thing is, uh, of course, 
trusting God that he's called you there, but reach out to people who have been in your situation. That's good. That was huge for me because sometimes I didn't mean to, but I became an island mm. and you can have your own big pity party like sure. you're all alone. And you might think, well, why aren't people reaching out to yeah. me? Well, they might. Yeah. But if they don't, maybe God's telling you, <laughs> go talk to them. Amen. And so what I would say is be a sponge. Yeah. And just go and don't be afraid to let your guard down right. and let them know you're, you're struggling. In fact, there's actually a, a, a couple right now that I'm getting ready to start to help. They're going through some challenges in ministry. And um, Amy and I, we don't know what the Lord has for us, but right. we, we do feel that eventually it's kind of been my heart. We want to write a book yeah. about our journey to help pastors that are going through something, not give up. Uh, Like I said, I gave it a year. It's now been 17. But I would say stay at it. Be a sponge. uh, Listen to good revitalization podcasts. That's what I would do. I'd listen to solid podcasts. I'd read revitalization books, Turnaround Church, all of that. Um, Do those kind of things. Do some of the practical things because sometimes the most practical are the most profound. But don't be afraid to reach out. Ooh, sometimes the most practical or the most profound. Yep. That's a great place then. Mike, thank you for being here. Good Fantastic. Being here. Love you. Appreciate you. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.